0: Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Small Business Edge Podcast. My guest today is Kara Hoganson, Senior Vice President of Workplace Benefits at the Principal Financial Group. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's because she's been on before, as is one of her colleagues, uh, Amy Frederick. And the reason I've had them on multiple times is because they represent one of the most important areas in business that separates the great businesses from the average businesses, the winners from the losers. And I'm talking about employee benefits. Um, it's, It's a way for business owners to hire new employees. It's a way for business owners to retain their best employees. And, and oftentimes it's it's they check a box according to price and they call it a day. It's so important that I'm, I'm having Kara back on today to talk about what's happening now in the marketplace of workplace benefits. And with that, I want to welcome to the Small business Edge podcast, Kara Hoganson. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Brian. It is great to be back with you again. And I love the fact that you use the word exciting to describe benefits. It is absolutely exciting to me, and I hope it is to your listeners as well.
0: I know it is to a lot of them, because I actually get good feedback from whenever I have you or or Amy on. You know, any any time that we talk about, because, you, you know, again, it, it's funny that I'm going to use this analogy, but it's a features to benefits proposal. It's people don't want to discuss the features of employee benefits, they want to discuss the benefits of employment. You know, it's like that expression, uh, nobody ever went into a hardware store looking for a quarter-inch drill bit. What they want is a quarter-inch hole. And to me, that's what employee and workplace benefits are.
1: Absolutely. In fact, you, in your own way, just uh, quoted the one of the taglines to one of our advertising campaigns, and that ah. is, The Benefit of Benefits. And so lots, lots evolving in this space. It is super, super important. And hopefully we'll get to some updated research that really underscores that importance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I am a closet copywriter. I do need to say that. I went to journalism school and I I, I studied advertising and marketing. So there
1: you go. So maybe uh, you were the brains behind that tagline and I didn't uh, even know it.
0: Un- unfortunately, I wasn't. But somebody who was much smarter than me came up with it. All right. So let's let's get into it then. So you you have the good fortune to talk to a lot of your customers throughout the months and years, right? And and ask them what's on their minds. Well, uh you also uncover some myths that they have about workplace benefits. And 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 what are like some of the most common or myths that they have, like where you just look at them and say, you know have you have you left your body and your mind why would you think that cuz i hear it but but i'd love to hear from you what what are some of the most common myths and mistakes business owners make about workplace benefits
1: absolutely and you know there are really there are several but I really want to highlight you know three for our conversation today because I do believe these are the three that I know I hear most often and maybe some of your listeners can relate or know of people who can relate to to these myths and these aren't in necessarily any particular order but the first one that I would highlight is that many business owners, just don't even know where to start. So they think it is so complex and that it is benefits are only something that can be um, done if you have a company that has 100 employees or 500 employees. And the reality is so far from the truth. The reality is we as an organization, we will work with companies that have two employees. That is technically a group. So group insurance, in certain situations, we are able to offer it to a company that has two individuals there. So, again, it is not just something that a business owner can use um, as an attraction and retention tool for larger organizations. It really does apply to companies of all sizes. The second thing that I would highlight is the cost misperception. That is also significant. We actually did some research. Oh gosh, this probably would have been 2019 or so. And so while it's a little bit dated, I do not have any reason to believe that this myth doesn't hold true today as it did about four years ago we went out and we asked actually small businesses who do not currently offer benefits and we gave them a list of benefits. So let's just take for example, dental insurance, vision insurance, a retirement plan, and short-term disability. So income protection on a short-term basis. And we asked these survey respondents to tell us how much they thought it would cost on an annual basis to provide those benefits for one of their employees. And the answer that they came back with was $11,000 annually. Okay. The reality is it was closer to 2000. So they significantly overestimated the cost of really, what is the comprehensive benefits package? Now, there's lots of nuances that we can get into. This was just kind of a, a standard um, way to gauge that misperception. But I think you know, two versus eleven is a pretty significant difference, yeah, yeah, a yeah, night or day between whether an employer could afford that or not. And then the third thing I would highlight is flexibility. Um, I think there's a perception that, and I hear this in conversations, that it's a one-size-fits-all game. And that, too, is so far from the truth. There is a ton of flexibility in terms of what an employer offers the specifics of how they go about offering. So how comprehensive the dental benefit is, what kind of provisions are included in the short-term disability plan, what kind of value is um, provided for the the life insurance that they might provide to their employees. So so again, what's offered, how it's offered, and then the third component is how it's paid for Mm. because there is a lot of flexibility in how that gets handled too. It isn't that the employer has to pay all premiums all the time. So those are the three I would really call out as kind of the top three myths that we hear most often.
0: So if the if the employer says, I'll pay 50% on $2,000, they're actually paying $1,000 on something that they thought would cost as much as $11,000.
1: That is correct.
0: Wow. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um Where did the, I mean, how could business owners be so far off on, on their perception of what benefits cost? That's-
1: yeah, it's a it's a great question, and I can't say that I can pinpoint specific research or data. Mm-hmm. But I, again, anecdotally through the conversations, because so many businesses don't know where to start. I think that can be paralyzing. And so sometimes, in a lot of cases, businesses just haven't even done the research um, to understand what the options are and what they might cost. The other factor that plays into all of this, Brian, is the fact that a lot of employers think that they are too small to access a financial professional Mm -hmm. that actually specializes in helping employers put in benefit programs. So if you don't know where to start, you know, you're know you basically looking at a computer and thinking, what do I even put into my Google search bar to think about putting a benefits program in place? And you think you're too small to access someone who specializes in putting these types of programs in place. I totally get how it would be paralyzing and it might be better um, and easier just to not do anything.
0: Yeah, but we know what the upside is. The upside is that all other things being equal in the marketplace between you and your competition, whether you are a restaurateur, a retailer, you know, some other type of small business offering benefits could be the reason that somebody chooses you over a competitor. That alone is reason enough to say it's at least worth looking into.
1: Absolutely. And there are tools available. And maybe this is something that your listeners would find value in because they have access to this. Literally, if they're not driving, wouldn't recommend this if they're listening to a podcast in the car like I often do. Um, But assuming you're in a safe space and and have access to a smartphone or your computer, go to principal.com. And then in the search bar, type in benefit design tool. And that's just a place to start. Clearly, I work for principal. I'm not intending this to be a commercial, but the reality is we have a tool available. So if you're an employer that has between three and 100 employees, and you want to just take a look and see what type of benefits employers that are of the same size in your same region of the country and in your same industry are offering to their employees You can type that information into this tool Mm -hmm. and we will provide to you free of charge a report back that will tell you here's what the most common benefits are. It's a dental benefit with this type of annual maximum two cleanings per calendar year, short term disability of 50 percent of your income for 13 weeks, that kind of detail. So as an as an employer or business owner. Particularly if you don't have a dedicated HR professional, so really as the owner or the founder, you're trying to do this on your own or trying to find the right financial professional to work with, here's a starting place. You can at least know what your competition for talent is offering their employees. And then you're in a position to make a conscious decision to say, I want to do something similar or maybe I want to do something more because I want to create a different engaging work environment. I want to create additional loyalty amongst the employees that choose to work for me.
0: So that's pretty amazing. So literally I can go in and I, I live in New Jersey.
1: Mm-hmm. I can
0: go in and I can look at companies that are comparable to me in New Jersey, same employee, you know, same number of employees, same industry, right? Same geographical location. And, mm-hmm. and Without telling me who they are, you'll be able to tell me this is what they're offering to their employees.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I would be happy to run a report and send it your way as we follow up.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. That's that. You know what? All right, so here's another question that I have, because now I'm starting to think like my listeners. The one thing that I think is critical that business owners have is disability insurance. Right. I really cannot stress that enough. We play something called the what if game. We, I have this bricks of sticks workshop. We do something called the what if game. And the first question I always ask every attendee to this workshop is, What if you become disabled? What will happen to your business? And everyone just says, Don't jinx me. What, well, you know, like I said, Don't jinx me. That's your answer. It's amazing how that is that unconscious fear that we all have that something will happen to us and we'll be out of business for one, three, six, 12 months, mm-hmm. and 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 what would happen? And so we we actually write it out. We it's called the emergency response playbook. So what if your computers get hacked? What if your building goes on fire and stuff? Um, I feel like I should be an insurance like a, a referral agent I, I
1: think you've got a side gig coming your way here Brian
0: but but it's it's mm-hmm. once we have the answers to it like I did this with a client of mine and she actually reached out to another woman in her industry and they have a, a an agreement now that they would actually take over each other's business mm-hmm. she said okay you know I, you, I, you can you'll take over my business. I will pay you a percentage of everything that you work on, and, and she'll do the same. And they actually have it in writing now. And she said, you know, I got to tell you, I didn't think that that was a big deal because I didn't even know about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I can't believe how much more comfortable I am right now. I said, okay, now the next question is, do you have disability insurance? And, and her and
1: she, answer was?
0: No. Her answer was no, but she's looking into it now. Mm-hmm. So so if I if I'm a business, I, I can buy just short-term disability insurance. Can I do that?
1: So if you are a business and wanting to provide a benefit for yourself as the business owner and your employees, absolutely you can provide, you can get a think of it like um. A volume discount, if you will. You can get yeah. group insurance, and yes, you can get short-term disability um, through the workplace. And yeah, generally speaking, you're going to get income replacement for up to 13 weeks, and oftentimes the range is between 6 or 50 and 65 percent of your income for that that period of time. Um, and then for employers who want to offer another benefit beyond that 13-week period, that's when it would go into a long-term disability, so that's a different type of of option. But I want to take your example even a little bit further because, absolutely, first of all, one in four Americans will find themselves unable to work for a period of time during their working lifetime. So I think, to me, when I always go back to thinking about that stat, I, you know, I'm blessed. My husband and we have two daughters. So odds are, there's four of us. One of us. We'll have some period of time mm. when we're unable to work. Yeah. That's a pretty significant yeah. odd of, yeah. of that happening. Um, and so, you know, when you t- take into account the odds of it happening and then the potential impact of if that happens, really it's something to pay attention to. And as a business owner, I think certainly taking a look at your own personal needs really critical. The other thing to think about from a business owner perspective, if you've got a a small business, again, you don't have to be a big business for this, but there is um, key person coverage that might be worth thinking about. So if you have a key, maybe it's your chief revenue officer or your top salesperson, someone that has been working with you, delivering tremendous results and so essential to the success and growth of your business, that if that person was that 25% and unable to work for a period of time, think about the impact that that would have on your business. So as an employer, you can actually get an individual disability insurance policy on that individual to help offset then the revenue stream that you might be foregoing if they're unable to work for a period of time. So I think there's lots of different angles to think about when you are are evaluating this whole concept around income protection.
0: So, of the businesses that you talk to, do you find that it varies between men-owned and women-owned businesses, do they look at workplace benefits differently? Uh, or you know, uh, or minority businesses, do they look at workplace benefits differently? And and what about, you know, company size? Like you have all these incredible reports and if you don't have access to it now, that's totally fine. But just kind of of thinking about the way we approach business, that everybody approaches it differently, right? Men, women, old, young, black, white. So mm-hmm. what, any any thoughts on on how what you see in terms of different groups approach to workplace benefits?
1: absolutely. You know, there, there are differences in how the business owners approach the business and the, the gender dynamic is one component. In fact, it's funny that you mentioned this because we're actually at the the beginning phases of doing some additional research into this exact topic. So plant the seed, we'll have more data around that in the the coming months. Um, I would say generally speaking, and again, high level generalization based on reading I've done and, and third-party resources, um, female business owners tend to focus initially on more kind of caregiving type mm-hmm. um, programs and benefits. So paid family, medical leave, disability, those types of benefits. So yeah. that is that is one difference that, that we do tend to see as we think about benefits being put into place. But irrespective of any of the, the gender, the age, the industry, I think we can't lose sight of the fact that at the end of the day, we have to understand what is going to be valued by the employees. And that is going to vary based on the business, the type of talent. And so job number one is really to understand what is top of mind for the employees, irrespective of a male or female business owner. race, generation, and and mm. the like. Because if if the benefits aren't going to be valued by the employee, they're not going to ultimately provide the value to the business because the employees aren't going to appreciate them.
0: Yeah. That is a great point. Now that is is something all of a sudden, like I I it clicks it in my head. You know, it, it takes a little while, but eventually it does. But that is such a great point. I remember reading one time years ago, about um, a health study that was done. It was on health insurance. And it said, name three services you wish that your current health care plan provided. And it was stuff like that, like uh, acupuncture or chiropractic or just stuff like that. And four of the top five responses were services that were already offered. Mm-hmm. But that the employees didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it reminds me of, of of um, you know, we talk about our smartphones. Oh, I wish my smartphone did this or my smartphone did that. And somebody says, Well, you know it does. You know, all you have to do, I had a, a really interesting conversation with somebody who um held on to her, her old email address because she she said, I can get that on, I can get my emails on my phone. And and I said, well, you have a, a Gmail address, right? Why don't you just do that? And she said, oh, because I can't get it on my phone. <laughs> and I and I and I love her. And I I mm-hmm. said, you know, that takes about thirty seconds to change. You go to the app store, you download the Gmail app, you plug in your information, and voila. And it just it's it makes me wonder why there's such this. Um, like a wall up between not knowing, like you said, business owners don't know where to start when it comes to benefits. Mm-hmm. And so they just buy everything on price, right? If they're going to provide the benefits, I'll give me the cheapest option available. But as you say, it's, It has no bearing, like the employees don't have any interest in three quarters of them. And they also don't investigate them because they didn't take the time to explain to them, this is what these benefits do that I'm paying for.
1: And that is a key point. It's one thing to start. Well, back to your earlier comments. I mean, I think that's a great example of how we just get kind of into our comfort zone and anything that takes us out of that. um, It's kind of, it's just harder to get started because it is not comfortable for us. Um, but that's where I think having conversations like this and creating awareness of some of the tools and resources that are available can be, can be helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As I, um, you know, think about putting a benefit program in place, it's one thing to do it. And I would always recommend as we talk with business owners, talk before you do anything, talk to your employees. And that's where a Small businesses have a particular advantage because that business owner is going to know every single employee. Mm. It's just going to be much more natural to have those conversations to say, if we're going to put a benefit program in place, if we're going to add a benefit to a program that we already have, what worries or concerns do you have? What would you value? What do you want me to look into? And then kind of aggregate those responses and use that to guide the next steps, But once the program is in place or once the changes have been made, if there's no communication about those changes and regular communication about what's already in place, honestly, you might as well not even put a program in place because benefits are there to be used. My company is in the business of paying benefits. That's what we do. We want people to use these. They're there for a reason. But if people aren't aware of them, don't know how to file claims, don't know what the, you know, what the benefit is going to do for them, you know, it just it isn't going to have the retention impact where 78% of small business owners say a benefits program has a meaningful impact on their ability to retain employees. of business owners say that having that benefit program puts them in a position where they're better able to attract employees. So, to me, those are meaningful stats. It makes Mm. a difference, but the program has to be used in order to be valued.
0: If you have 52 benefits in all your programs, right, between dental and vision and disability and retirement and whatnot, you could do a benefit a week for the entire year did i'd call it did you know did you know that we offer this in dental and this in vision that you can get you know a free checkup once a year mm-hmm. and you could tie it around you know, national eyeglasses month or whatever or na- absolutely nat- you know dental month be smart about it you know or
1: national you- chocolate chip cookie day don't forget to brush oh. your teeth and visit the dentist
0: but first, eat that cookie.
1: Absolutely, eat that cookie.
0: <laughs> or two, um, <laughs> or three. That, that's that. Talk about like such an easy, like a no brainer, right? Well, and, and
1: particularly if you have, like, as a company, if you have some sort of recurring mechanism. So maybe you have a huddle for everybody Wednesday mornings for 15 minutes. Highlight, like you're saying, you know, dental benefit, vision. Have you had your eyes checked lately? And oh, by the way, eyes are now such a precursor. The exams can be so helpful in determining high blood pressure, Mm. um, diabetes, early signs of some of these chronic conditions. So it's not just about do you have the right prescription or corrective lenses, but it also is a key way, as is dental care for early detection of other potential conditions. But yeah, highlighting that in regular forums so it just becomes a natural part of the conversation at the workplace. The other thing that I think is really helpful and where small businesses have the advantage is going back to this this culture that is more like a family in many small businesses. And that is that Everyone knows everyone else. Mm. And so they know when someone most likely is using these benefits and those personal stories where I, I was in a car accident and I was unable to work for six weeks while I recovered. I was able to go on short-term disability and I was able to pay my mortgage and put food on the table. You know, if, if you're in an employer that has 15,000 employees it's going to be hard to share that story with that many people. If yeah. you're in an organization that has 15 employees, people are going to know, and that's just one more way to share the impact—the really positive impact that these types of benefits can have.
0: I love that. In fact, to our listeners, uh, one—if th- you have any stories like that, and you want to share them. With me, you know, Brian at smallbusinessedge.com. I would love to hear them. And you know, I'll share them. I'll I'll share them on social media and online. But I love those stories. All right, let's let's I want to take a step back now because I'm looking at that you no know, that phrase workplace benefits. How many benefits are we talking about? Is it 10? Is it a hundred? Is it somewhere in between? Like what's the universe?
1: Yeah, it it does depend on on kind of how you define it, but you know most often employees are going to request medical insurance as their their first benefit that is of interest, and then a retirement savings program is often two or three um, in that that list of priorities, and then it does vary quite a bit because there's really kind of I call it nine if you will eight or nine core benefits um so that's where you get into your short-term and long-term disability your life insurance your um hospital indemnity, accident, critical illness, dental and vision, that tends to be kind of the the primary set, I would say. In certain states, you've got paid family medical leave options, you've got, you know, caregiving benefits, the list could go on. And then don't forget perks, you know, that exist. So maybe it's lunches that are brought in if if individuals are coming to a work site on a regular basis, it could be access to an employee assistance program that offered in conjunction with one of the other benefits that are available. So it can be a big list. But again, I think it ultimately goes back to understanding what is going to be valued by the employees and knowing that that is going to change over time. So just Mm -hmm. because you understand what those needs are um, at this point in time, we should check in again a year or two years from now to see is the benefit program still meeting the, the employee group's needs? Because it doesn't and it shouldn't be a set it or forget it.
0: Totally agree with that. All right, here's something that just popped into my head. Mental health benefits. Do you offer, like, do, do companies like yours offer any kind of mental health benefits? We've seen that obviously explode in the last couple of years.
1: Absolutely. It is, to me, that's one of the, um, Blessing is probably not the right word, but one of the things that I am appreciating is the fact that there seems to be less stigma now around talking about mental health, um, including at the workplace. So a standalone mental health benefit kind of in the same vein as like dental, medical or vision insurance does not exist to my knowledge. Mental health treatment um, is often covered under medical coverage. So that is largely where um, kind of uh, that that falls. That being said, you know, think about access to services like some of the apps, the subscription apps that focus on meditation or mindfulness. There's apps available that provide access to therapists. You know, those two are incredibly helpful and could be highly valued by employees as a benefit offering. The other thing I would highlight is oftentimes in conjunction with disability, group disability, and uh, group life are employee assistance programs where it's just a a value-added benefit that comes along if the employer or the employees are purchasing that type of protection, where individuals will have access to, on a confidential basis, someone that can help guide them through whatever situation that they might be working through. It could be everything from work-related stress to maybe a child that is having struggles with mental health, um, their own personal mental health challenges. So it's a whole gamut of uh resources and there's someone there on the other end of that chat or that phone who can help guide the individual that is reaching out and help them get the tools and resources that they may need based on whatever it is they're going through.
0: And so wh- where is that found in workplace benefits that what you just described?
1: Mhm. So is that really found? Yep. It is not a st- most cases, especially for smaller employers, it is not a standalone benefit. It is a component of the disability offering most often.
0: Okay. So if I have short term disability insurance mm-hmm. for myself and my employees, within that benefit, there will be an opportunity to talk to people if I need to.
1: Yes. Okay. And same with long term disability and oftentimes group life.
0: So. Mhm-, wow um, it makes you wonder why this like every business doesn't have this you know it's interesting because we see things like uh now i see businesses of all sizes that add on like a credit card fee right we, everywhere we go somehow like now the consumer is bearing the brunt of these credit card fees and it's just grown to be an accepted form of of a practice right that this is mm-hmm. what we do a lot of times we see uh you know when there was uh, issues with rising gas prices you know, you want to ship a package, there was a gas surcharge on it. Mm -hmm. And boy, that lasted long after those prices came down, right? So you you think about, and we pay that as business owners. And now it's it's as if it's just become an accepted form of doing business. I, I would encourage every one of our listeners, and even, you know, share this with other people, figure out what You can do in the form of workplace benefits and just build that into your daily business expenses, right? This is the cost of doing business, whether it's $5,000 or $50,000 or whatever it is. But just you say, this is what this is the cost of doing business in my world. I want to retain my employees, I want to get the best employees. And you know what? I may be able to pass that on to my clients. I may be able to pass some of this cost on, raise my prices, knowing that it's going to help pay for the best employees I can have.
1: Well, let's just get super practical for a second, Brian. If 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 we're business owners and we have a team of individuals that we're wanting to provide great customer service, whatever the business type is, but yet even one of those employees is distracted because they have um, a child at at home who is ill, or they are um, maybe having a, a challenging family situation. That distraction is going to impact productivity. No doubt, it is absolutely going to impact their ability to provide that great customer experience that you are looking to provide on behalf of your business. And so to your point, you know, yes there's there can be if the employer is is paying some of the premiums, a cost to the business of these benefits, but I think the ROI is easy to justify and it comes in the form of engagement Productivity, lower absenteeism, um, better retention. Because you just mm-hmm. think, I think, is that three times an individual's salary is what it ultimately ends up costing a business um, when they lose a talented employee. Yeah. So I think over time, that ROI that you are going to get as a business owner is going to be meaningful to the business.
0: Well, we we have talked in in many past podcasts about the four quadrants of employees. And Gallup does this poll every year, right? You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I do. The actively engaged, mm-hmm. the engaged, the disengaged, and then the actively disengaged employee. And what we've said is the actively engaged, you know, they're born that way, right? That they, they run to work, they love what they do, they're excited. And I think it represents about 4% of your of your total number of employees. You blessed, you know, count your lucky stars that you found them and that they found you, and it's a match made in heaven. The actively disengaged, um, and I can't remember what that number is, but they're like the the cancers and the bad apples in your business. You have to get rid of them, and in some cases, that actually may be some of your better employees. I mean, in terms of productivity, what what we've talked about is. Making the decision to get rid of that actively disengaged employee actually raises the morale of everybody else because mm-hmm. nobody, you know, that expression misery loves company. Well, nobody loves to be around misery. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they were great at what they did, but man, they were, you know, seven days of rain every time they came to the office and nobody wanted to be around them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so now you're left with the engaged versus the disengaged. And I think it was um, Andrew Sherman, who's on our previous podcast, mm-hmm. said, um a winning formula is when you can turn the ordinary into extraordinary. when you can turn the disengaged employee into an engaged employee. That's really where the magic happens in a business. And I think what you're talking about, these benefits is a to me, that's a great way of saying, you matter to us. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm doing this for you, the engaged and the disengaged employees. The actively engaged, they say, oh, that's great. You know, and then there's going to be back to being all smiles. And the and the actively disengaged, they're not going to care. Like you could throw anything you want into them, they're still going to bring the misery every day. But it's 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 that kind of that middle area where you can have an impact.
1: Right. And think that maybe one of the reasons some of those individuals are not engaged is they've got so many concerns in their personal life that if they had access to, you know, um, the appropriate care, whether that be health insurance or dental care, that, you know, a loved one who is going through pain or a, a challenging physical experience, if they've got access to that, can get the treatment that they need. That might be what takes them from disengaged to engaged. And they're in, you know, again, understanding your employees and what's gonna be a value to them. I don't mean to keep harping on that, but ultimately, that is going to be the key to success yeah. in making sure the right types of protection solutions are put in place.
0: This is fantastic. It really is. I love everything that we've talked about today because it does make things that are kind of like that hazy gray. I was going to say black and white, but it's really four color. I mean, it's bright and it's opportunistic and it's right in front of you. Now it's it's up to the business owner to decide where they want to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of in the home stretch here. Uh it's unfortunately fast. I know it does. And I've I've written down so many notes. I love the comfort zone. I love the you know, where do you start? Do your homework. Tell us the, the sites principal.com that we go to. And then in the search bar, what am I putting in?
1: Benefit design tool. Okay. And, and if it would be helpful, we can send you the direct link. If you, I, I think you have a page in the resources yeah, for the podcast, we could send you that link. Um, If your listeners are wanting to access it, we can try and make that easier for them.
0: No, I I, I will definitely put it in the resource page. We'll call it a business design tool. So look for that. Wow. Thank you so much. This was really awesome. So you know, it's 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 funny. We when I talked, to, I had Joe Knight, who was a, a, a great you know financial expert. He wrote a book called uh, Financial Intelligence, which is done exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe once described what he did was uh, he tried to make you know getting business owners to understand finances. He said it's like you know having broccoli with cheese. <laughs>
1: So you're trying to say benefits are like broccoli with no, cheese? <laughs> no,
0: no, they're more like Brussels sprouts. Right.
1: <laughs> actually, Brussels sprouts with bacon yes. are pretty awesome.
0: Right. And I've but and everything's
1: I've, better with bacon.
0: Right. But and I've actually eaten Brussels sprouts with bacon, which is really kind of nobody would believe it unless you saw it. But it almost feels like that. Like this is it really is good for you. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have to take the time to, um, yeah, you got to take the time. You got to see the benefits of it and not just the benefits. Yes. Yeah. And it
1: doesn't have to be overwhelming. So there are resources available. I mean, no business owner has to go this path on their own. Mm. There's, we can, others in the industry can help get business owners in contact with people who do this day in and day out. This is their business most often they too are small businesses but work with a financial professional a broker in the community who specializes in this because they're going to help um, educate and make sure that whatever is put in place is really going to deliver that ROI for the business
0: fantastic all right so here I'm going to give my my listeners some homework okay here's what I want you to do I want you to email me, and tell me on a scale from one to 10, how helpful this podcast was to you. Okay. Because what I'm hoping is that it made you realize that, you know, some of your biggest issues like employee retention, employee hiring, um, could be a lot easier if you are proactive instead of reactive when it comes to understanding workplace benefits and, 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 how easy it is, that it's not $11,000 an employee. It could be as little as 2000 or even 1000 if you split it with them, and and all of the different things that you can offer, offer to them. So I appreciate uh, you listening to uh, my podcast. I appreciate the feedback you give me, the suggestions you give me. So please keep that coming, because one of the things that I got from probably at least a dozen of you was, tell me more about benefits. So that's why we had Kara on today, to explain just that. Um, Kara Hoganson, thank you so much for being part of our uh, Small Business Edge podcast today.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Brian. It was fantastic. And I do hope your listeners took a nugget or two that might be helpful.
0: Or 10, or 10 nuggets. Absolutely. Uh, We'd love to have you back on. So let's, you know, as things change, as things change in the workplace benefits world, right? And they do change periodically, mm-hmm. right? They do. Absolutely. Some get added. Some things get put into different groups. So yeah, we'd love to get an update from you.
1: Sounds great. Let's do it.
0: All right. Fantastic. And to everybody else, uh, get back to work. Uh, thank you so much for being part of our podcast today. Make sure you check out that be- uh, business business design tool, benefits design.
1: Benefit design tool.
0: benefits design tool on principal.com. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Small Business Edge podcast. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.